This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Jesus, we want to thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to engage ourselves and to engage your word. Jehovah, I pray that by your spirit, you will open our eyes of understanding. Lord, you will teach us by yourself. And Lord, all the glory and honor will be yours at the end of the day. And the blessings ours in the name of Jesus. We thank you, blessed Redeemer. Thank you for the first Sunday in the month of uh, September. Lord, we are grateful. Lord, day by day, you keep us. Day by day, you uphold us. Day by day, you, you, you bring your promises to life in our lives. And for this, we are grateful. We say, be thou exalted forever and ever in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want to honor my friend and brother and his wife. Uh, he, he blessed us this morning at the workers' meeting. If you were at the workers' meeting this morning and the Lord spoke to you, I want you to shout hallelujah. Don't be cheating now. If you were not there, you don't have to say hallelujah. <laughs> no, but it was uh, a word inspired by, by the Spirit of God indeed. We appreciate God for that. So this is the month of September, and uh, our theme for this month is restoration. Somebody say restoration. restoration. My prayer for you is that everything that has gone sideways in your life, everything that has not had the expected outcome or things that have shifted from where they ought to be to a place where they are not good or pleasant at this time, that God will restore you Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. For some of you, it may be in the area of health, you're, you're not feeling well. God will restore health back unto you Amen. in the name of Jesus. I know I've said this many times in the past, you know, that the church is a good place for Hollywood to come and recruit people. You wonder why. Because in church, we know how to put up a smile. You know, in spite of what we're going through, we smile, we, we put up a good appearance, and then when folk get in the car, then it's uh, face your face. You know, they didn't come into church, they were not talking to each other. In church, they put up a good appearance. Husband and wife, very good at that uh, kind of uh, situation. You know, and then when they get back in the car, you know, this one is looking this way, the other one is looking the other way. So it could be in the area of marriage. Whatever needs restoration in your life, God will arise on your behalf. And it will give you restoration in Jesus' name. You know, in our, our September newsletter, I wrote an article uh, that I called Look Up. Somebody say Look Up. Psalm 121, many of us know it. I will lift up my eyes onto the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from God, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Amen. The New Living Translation says, I will look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? You know, the New King James have confused uh, many people for a long time. They think, I will lift up my eyes to the hills means my help is coming from the hill. It was a question. Is that, is that where my help is coming from? It's not saying that is where my help comes from. 
He said, I look up to the hills. Does my help come from there? Verse 2 gives an answer to that. He says, my help comes from the Lord. Amen. The Lord, the one who made the heavens and the, and the earth. God will arise for your help. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, when we are going through situations, there's many different places we can look. You know, some people when, like they say, katakata boss, when things go sideways, they begin to look around. Let me see. Who will help me? Who will help me? Ah, is it Joe over there? Oh, no, maybe Jack over there. Oh, maybe it's David. Maybe it's this person. Maybe it's that person. They're looking around. And in some cases, when katakata really boss, people get into despair. And when you're in despair, you're looking down. You know, you, you're, you're dejected, you're, you're in despair, you're just wondering, so how am I going to get through this tough situation? Praise the Lord. But the psalmist said, look up. Somebody say, look up. Have you ever seen anybody praising God and they are praising God like this? That's worship. When you are praising God, he has done for me. He has done for me. What nobody can. It just is odd. <laughs> it's odd. So a good place in times, difficult times, good times, a good place to be is a place of praise and a place of worship. Look up to God and recall those things that he has done in the past and just praise him for that. Yes, times are hard. Things are difficult. In fact, you say, Pastor, you have no idea what I'm going through. And you're very right about that. I have no idea. <laughs> Amen. Because only the person that is wearing the shoe knows where it hurts. You know, there's a, there are times you just buy a new shoe. You have not broken into the shoe yet. Yeah, you know, the way you are walking, people think you are walking, taking steps. No, you are trying to avoid pain points. That's what you're doing. You know, you say you have a swag. No, it's not swag. It's pain. Praise the Lord. Friends, what I want to tell you today is that your attitude generally to life is going to determine how far or how high you're going to go. So it's good to have the right kind of attitude. And when you look up to God, your attitude changes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Unless you are not seeing God. If you look up and you can see God, you will see your situation differently. Many of us, we focus, you know, when you look at anything, you look at it for so long, it starts swelling, it's, it looks bigger. If I stare at your head long enough, your head will start growing bigger. It's just the way it is. So when you are focused on things that are not going well in your life, that problem will be magnified. But instead of focusing on the problem, why don't you focus on God? And let the awesomeness, the greatness of God, let it change that situation you're going through. Uh, God will turn it around for you. In the name of Jesus. There's a story in uh, Luke chapter 15. We call him uh, the prodigal son. But I, I've said this a number of times. The Bible never called this guy a prodigal son. You know, your Bible translators may have given it that title, prodigal. But you, you read the text, you will not see prodigal there. 
No, we call him the prodigal son. So Jesus told them a parable to make a point to them. So in Luke chapter 15, 11 and 12, the Bible says to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. That's an interesting thought. Just to even think about it and imagine that. That a child will come to the father and say, uh, Daddy, uh, whatever belongs to me after you die, I want it before you die. It means you are living too long. <laughs> you need to be dead already <laughs> because I want my share of your inheritance. You know? And the Bible says the father obliged. He gave him the, the portion that belonged to him. So, verse 13, it says, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings. And what did he do? He went away to a distant land and he wasted all he had by living wild. Right? Verse 14, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. Verse 15, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. What was he doing? He was looking around for solution. He said, now I'm broke. I'm broke and I'm busted. You know, I need to survive somehow. I've messed up at home. I can't go back home. I'm here. I'm starving. Whatever I can do to keep it together. Isn't that what we do? Many people have made decisions not led by God, not inspired by God, just to survive. And you see that, okay, I will survive for one year doing this thing. Or I'll survive for six months. Six months has become one year. One year is three years. Five years, uh, it's become five years now. And now you are stuck in the rut. For as many as are stuck in the rut, I pray in the name of Jesus uh, that God will change your story. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Many of you, your amen is standing on one leg. Is not balanced. I said, God will deliver you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Stuck in the rot. And I know what it means to be stuck in the rot. You had plans. You had vision. When you got that visa that you're going to America, when you got that immigration packet, I'm going to America, you had a plan what you are going to become. But may I ask you, that plan and where you are now, how do they match up? Why? Because many people start to look around and say, how am I going to survive? But God laid some dreams in your heart. He prepared you before you showed up, but you have gone sideways. God will restore you. Amen. You didn't hear that. I said, God will restore you. Amen. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. Let me give you some context here. One of the forbidden food for Jews is pig. In fact, it is considered an unclean animal. If you touch it, not eat it. If you touch it, you are unclean. You have to go through ceremonial cleansing and all of that before you are able to go back to church. That was the only place this guy got a job. Some people, because they are in a foreign land and things are hard, 
you have done all kinds of stuff. All kinds. Things that you cannot boldly and confidently come out and say, this is how I did it. You know, and when people are talking, you just tell some kind of cock and boo story. You know, that <laughs> God is good. In fact, we even put the name of God. Something that has no bearing with God. You know, if I even share testimony. I remember many years ago, a guy came to church. Many, many years ago, I was in Nigeria. <laughs> he came to church. We were having a vigil, and he came to give a testimony. And what was his testimony? He was writing an exam, and the proctor, proctor, yeah, the people that supervise, uh -huh. the proctor was giving him expo, telling him the answer. I said, praise the Lord. I said, no, 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 no. That's a workout between you and devil. That's cheating. Whatever God does will be righteous. He is not an unjust God. I praise the Lord. You know, people have asked the question, is it wrong to do marriage for paper? Yes, it is wrong. In fact, the fact that you are asking tells you and tells me that you know it is wrong. I will never come and ask you, is it okay for me to be married to my wife? No, that's my wife. I praise the Lord. In fact, the way people preface the question sometimes, you know, they know that it is wrong. So stop asking Questions, questions that will help you justify your bad behavior. You know, we are children of God. Watch this. This man began to feed pigs. I obviously cannot finish today because this is just introduction. And I'm looking at the time. But watch this. Watch this. He began to walk with pigs. Every law you have gotten to, God will lift you up. Every law that situation has forced you and you have gone under and you are struggling for breath, I say Jehovah will lift you up. In this month of restoration, your testimony will be that God turned it around. In the name of Jesus, you will be able to stand boldly and confidently in the congregation of the saints and declare what God has done. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Watch this. By verse 16, the Bible says the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. And no one gave him anything. By now, he's not looking around anymore. You know, he was looking around and as he was looking around for a fix. That's what he was looking around. He was looking around for a fix. He's gotten the fix now, but even the fix cannot sustain his life. Amen? He's gotten a fix, but the fix cannot sustain his life. Now he's looking down. He's looking at the pods the pigs are eating, and it's become desirable unto him. God will turn it around for you. God never gives a word that is not able to act upon. If he says it, he will do it. And he has told us that the month of September for us is a month of restoration. I see lives being transformed. 
I see destinies being established in Christ Jesus. I see things getting better for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Watch now. By verse 17, the Bible says, He finally came to his senses. Amen? Prior to that, what do you think was happening? He was beside himself. He was not thinking right. He was not thinking straight. Even though he was coping, he was living, he, he didn't die, he was alive. He was able to sustain himself one way or another, but the Bible says, finally, somebody say finally. finally. He came to his senses. May you come to your senses. Amen. You know, when you come to your senses is when you begin to recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. And you begin to say, no, that, this is not my portion. This is who I have become, but this is not who I am. I am a child of God. I am born again. I am sanctified. I am spirit-filled. This is not the life of a child of God. I refuse to live like this. That's what happened to him. He said when he finally came to his senses, he began to speak to himself. I pray you will speak to yourself more. Many people allow others to speak to them. They are not speaking to themselves. This guy was besides himself. He came to his senses and he began to talk to himself. That This is not who you are. This is how you are now. But this is not who you are. Remember who you are. The Bible says a good name is better than gold and silver. A good name, a good name, a good name. The name of Christ is the name we bear. That is who I am, a child of God, the son of God. Amen? And God is more than enough for me. You saw the song, the, the, the choir sang. He said, unless you come to me, I am not enough. Amen? I am not enough. I am not enough. So I need you, Lord. My prayer is that you will come to your senses. You will come to yourself. You will recognize who you are in Christ Jesus, and you will begin to speak to yourself and make confessions of faith about your life in the name of Jesus. Friends, for there to be restoration, you must look up. There is no restoration in looking around. Where are they? Who will help me? Uncle, auntie, brother, pastor, this. Nobody can help you. Only God. My help comes from the Lord. Amen? You have read that scripture before. You know it. Psalm 121. In fact, many of you can recite it off the top of your head. Amen? Well, let's come back. The title of the sermon today is Hope in God. Look at your neighbor. Say, hope in God. Ultimately, God will use men to help you. But don't hope in man. Men will disappoint you. That is for real. Not because they are bad people or they don't want to help you. Everybody has a priority order in life. Everybody. Everybody. Whether you know it or not. The way you know what you value and don't value is when there is a conflict. When there's a conflict between A and B, whatever you choose to do 
is what you value the most. If somebody says, I don't have time, is a statement of value. Because every human being has 24 hours. You think I have 36? Dr. Bode wishes he has 40. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We all have 24 hours. So if I say we're going to do this and I say I don't have time, or let me put it in a politically correct way, maybe, say I'm busy, is the statement of value. What they are telling you is I have other things of value to me than what you are asking me to do. Because you have time, because you have valued that thing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord now. We are just getting started and you are already... <laughs> Watch this. Hope in God. Man, God ultimately, like I said, will use man to help you. I've told you time and time again. You know, the way some people pray for prosperity and all of those things, I imagine without knowing, they are imagining that God will just dump money in their account. And I've told you it will never happen. You just wake up in the morning and then there's $10 million in your account. The day that happens, FBI will come knocking on the door. For real. They have systems in place. I, have, I work in financial services. We take uh, compliance courses. If that happens, that kind of money hits your account, without a shadow of doubt, you will receive visitation from FBI. That where did you get the money from? That's the truth. So God ultimately will use people to help you, but my help does not come from man. My help comes from God. Because if a man decides to help you without God prompting them, they, can, they will only go so far. If they have $1,000 and you have a need in your life, if they give you $100, they believe they have done you a great favor. Said, Even God, I give God 10%. I just gave you 100. That's, the, that's my tithe. I tithe to you. <laughs> you should appreciate that. But the person that God touches their heart to bless you, if they have 1,000, they can give you 1,000. Why? God spoke to their heart. God spoke to their heart. So stop looking to men. Tell your neighbor, say, stop looking to men. Some people, when they are praying, and say, God help me, God help me, God bless me. Say, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, ah, talk to Brother Wale to help me. <laughs> talk to Brother Johnson to help me. How do you know that those people are even listening to God? <laughs> Some people are not these ones that I've mentioned. Some people, if God is on megaphone, they can't hear. Because the only thing they understand is what gives them money, not what we spend their money. So if God is saying, go give uh, Pastor Joyce $10,000, I bind the devil. <laughs> I bind the devil. Which, from where to where? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me give you, I, I want to show you a quick example of this. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, God said through his prophet, said, do not be afraid or discouraged. This is also quoted in Hebrews. Said, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally 
go ahead of you. Okay, two people saw that. The Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Context. Context. Before Moses said this to them, he told them something that caused them to look down. They were in despair. So he was trying to put things in perspective for them. Watch. Deuteronomy 31 verse 2. Moses is speaking to them. He said, I am now 120 years old. And I'm unable to lead you. I'm no longer able to lead you. Can you see that? Say, I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the river Jordan. Think about Moses. These people had been in bondage, the children of Israel. In fact, every single one of them to the last one of them was born into slavery. All they knew was slavery. All they knew were taskmasters. And finally, God sends a man to them, a man that can confront the most powerful man in the world and say to him, let my people go. And the most powerful man in the world listened to him and let them go. Amen? They got to the Red Sea. There was an army chasing after them. They got to the Red Sea and this man, Moses, lifted up his rod and the sea parted and they walked on dry ground. They walked on dry ground. When there was no water, he gave them water. When the water was bitter, it turned it sweet. When they were hungry, manna fell from heaven. This is the man that is telling them, I am no longer able to lead you. What do you think was going on in their mind? We are dead. We are dead. There were many trained armies that they encountered on the way that God destroyed. And all they saw was this one man. Remember, when this man called Moses went to the top of the mountain to speak to God and he was coming down, they couldn't even look at the face of the man for the glory that was around and about him. And this man is saying, I cannot lead you any further. I can't go with you to the promised land. And they know what awaited them in the promised land, the wars and the battles. They were in despair. That is why he had to say to them, the first part we read, verse 8, do not be afraid or discouraged. Many of you, you have depended on people that have made promises to you. They have told you wonderful things, you have believed it. And they meant it when they made those promises. But now, situations have changed. Priori priorities have been reordered. And they are saying, yeah, I'm sorry, I know I promised you this, this, and that, whatever, whatever, uh, but I, I can't do it anymore. Sorry. And then you feel lonely. You feel alone. Okay, I will run to this other brother that I know is also very highly connected. In fact, brother is not around. He has gone overseas for business trip. You call and call and call. He, did, he has a different number he uses when he goes on business abroad. You can't reach him. 
Vain is the help of man. Vain is the help of man. Amen? He said, God himself told me, he's not dead, he's alive. He said, but God told me, I cannot lead you anymore. God says, I am done. My purpose in your life is over. That is why, even when Joshua took over, God had to remind Joshua severally, my son, my servant, Moses, is dead. Did Joshua not know he was dead? Severally, God kept reminding him, Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Uncle that is refusing to help you is because God has withheld their help for you for now. Because you are overly dependent on them. And you know, it's not just money or connections or things. Sometimes it's just an emotional dependence. There are people you are using as a crutch in your life. Amen? Anything happens. Ah, let me call uh, uh, Pastor Buddy. He will always answer my call. You know, <laughs> in my house, my sister, this is my sister, my sister told me this. He said, all of you in your house, you don't pick calls. He said, but there's one person that picks calls. So maybe sometimes if you can't reach me, <laughs> you might be able to reach him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Friends, trust in the Lord. Put your hope in God. Look at your neighbor. Be my extension. Preach to them. Say it again. Tell the other neighbor. When you hope in God, all your anxiety and despair will dissipate. I didn't say your problem will go away. The situation is still there, but now you have peace. Now you have peace. Because you have seen God. You have seen God. You understand God. You get God. And you are putting your confidence in God. What is hope? Hope is a total grounding of one's confidence and expectation in, good, in God's goodness and his providential care, even in the face of trouble. Even in the face of trouble. You know, when you know what you believe and don't believe, really, is in the time of trouble. In the time of peace, everybody can praise God. Can you not praise God? Everything is going well. He has done it for me. That is true. He has done it for me. You can dance. You can pray. We're going to dance and praise God in a little bit. Thanksgiving. When things are going well, Thanksgiving is easy. Amen? When you know what you really know is when things are not going well. Amen? To the glory of God, Hosley and Rongeline had their baby last week. Listen to this. Listen to this. Friday morning, not this Friday, last year. The Friday morning, we were having six-hour praise. She had a miscarriage. Had a miscarriage. 
I'm a man. I don't know how that feels. But I've had that not only is it physically painful, but I can imagine emotionally how painful that would be. Especially if you have had a miscarriage before. Amen? Had a miscarriage that morning. And she and her husband, they brought themselves to six-hour praise. They still came to praise God. It is in time of trouble, in times of challenges, that you know what you know. Will I still hold on to the truth of God that I know, even though things aren't working out well for me? She came with her husband, and there was a word of prophecy for her. Many of you remember. She went ballistic. He said, I see you. I see you pregnant. I remember the prophecy. I see you pregnant. I see you at three months. I see you at six months. I see you at nine months. I see you carrying your baby. Each statement, she was going crazy. Amen. 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 She just had miscarriage that morning. <laughs> she just what? Had miscarriage that morning. That is life. Loss of life. Yes? That's a loss of life. Some people lose their job. They are mad at God. Say, what kind of a God will cause me to lose my job? Because he has a better job for you. <laughs> the person saying, that's right, that's right. He came to prayer meeting. We had prayer in the evening. From prayer meeting, he went to work. He got to work. They told him he's you can go back home. We don't need your services anymore. For three months. Three months, he was looking. Guess what? When God gave him that job, this new job, his boss, if his boss, the boss of his boss, if they would have come to work in the company where he was, God took him now, they will be working under him. God gave him double promotion. But all the time with megaphone, leave this job. Start looking for another job. I love it, Lord. He's paying the bills. He's paying the bills. And I'm paying tithe. I'm paying. I give. I give generously. He said, leave this job. I have better for you. Lord, you can't be serious. He said, but I'm God. I know, I know you are God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Lord, we, we, I have a wife. I have children. How are we going to feel? Leave this job. Then finally, said, because I love you so much, I will take the job from you. And now you'll be forced. He will be the first to tell you. God had been nudging him to start looking for another job, but he wouldn't do it because it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. Hallelujah. Let's leave it there. I didn't even get to the meat of this message. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org. But I know somebody.